Um, so we're talking about wisdom and, um, you know, just speaking about keeping a sense of humor. This morning, my wife asked me to print off her notes and I did dutifully do so, but I left them on the printer. <laughs> That's because he wanted to do the sermon himself. You know? <laughs> no, it wasn't deliberate, darling, but, you know... <clears throat> Hallelujah. I have backup on my phone. <laughs> no, I don't. I just have the scriptures. That's all. So, glory to God. Let's, let's pray. Lord, we just open our hearts today. And uh, we just thank you for the, the blessing of being able to gather. We don't take it for granted. We, we so appreciate the blessing of being able to gather to worship as the people of God. And we thank you, Father, for the, um, the blessing of having the stadium here to meet, Lord. We thank you for your goodness to us. And uh, we know you are here, and I pray that you will speak and encourage everybody here today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So um, I'm going to do my best to kind of uh, turn around. I know I have a tendency to never look over here. So remember, you're still loved, even if we don't look at you. Amen. Um, so I just want to start uh, by reading a, a definition of wisdom. And um, wisdom is defined as knowledge and good judgment based on experience. Wise conduct. The Cambridge Dictionary defines wisdom as the ability to use your knowledge and experience to make good decisions and judgments. Now, Proverbs chapter 4 says, Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore, get wisdom. And um, therefore, the Word of God is telling us that we must prioritize uh, both the pursuit and the application of wisdom. Because some people, like I said, you know, pursue wisdom, but if, 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 if that isn't put into practice, if it's not personally applied, it's not really wisdom, it's simply knowledge, okay? And so, um, uh, let me give you a principle of uh, just the application of wisdom. Uh, many years ago, I used, to, I used to race bicycles, I used to race, um, I used to do cycle racing, and um, it was my passion, I loved it, and... Um, I remember I was cycling home from, from school, I was about 14, and um, there was a girl on the bus I was trying to impress, and so I was trying to, um, I can't remember what I was trying to do really, you know, teenage boys, we don't really start thinking till we're in our 20s, but uh, I, was, I was trying to cycle as fast as I could down this hill to, to overtake the bus, and um, and to keep up with the bus, yeah, that's what my, I, I was trying to impress this girl by the fact that it was like four mile cycle from town, a lot of it was uphill, and I was going to keep up with the bus, which was fine. And I remember I was, I w I was just, I, I was out training actually, um, I guess I had taken a half day from school or something, but they were all on the bus. And I, I remember uh, I was going so fast, I put my head down, you know, that's what cyclists do, you put your, your backside up and your head down, and you, you pedal as, as hard as you can. And... Um, so, I, I was behind the bus, but I forgot the bus would stop every now and then. <laughs> so I had my head down, and you see, it's wisdom to look up every now and then and see where you're going. But, you know, uh, I was trying to impress this girl, so my head down, was, I was probably doing about 40 miles an hour, and the bus stopped, and I hit the bus like a Scud missile <laughs> with my head. I, 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 all I remember... <laughs> All I remember is, is my, my front wheel ended up where my back wheel was, and I, I made this huge dent in the back of the bus. It was a steel door. I mean, this is back in the, in the early 90s. And um, I put a massive imprint in the back of the bus. And I remember I, I, uh, I got winded, so I'm there, oh, because oh, I can't breathe. I'm lying on the ground. 
my future brother-in-law with his other brother picks me up and they're carrying me across the road in my <laughs> cycling shorts. Like, ooh, and, and like there's about 20 heads at the back of the bus looking out, <laughs> including this girl. So, you know, it never happened uh, with us afterwards. So I guess that was destiny. You know, the Lord had something better. But, you know, that's, that's an application of wisdom. Um, it's always wise to look where you're going. And um, so God is a God of wisdom. He devoted a whole book uh, to emphasize the importance of being wise, the book of Proverbs, and using wisdom. But you know, the, the truth is, literally every book of the Bible is crammed with wisdom. If only we have the hunger to seek it and the humility to walk in it. Amen? Because this is the problem. Some people seek it, but they don't walk in it. And so if you want to have a happy marriage, you need wisdom. If you want to be a good wife and a mother, a good husband and a father, if you want to succeed in life, you need wisdom. Um, and, and this is the truth. Many times people are being, say they're being persecuted when in reality they're simply being stupid and they're uh, you know, dealing with the consequences of that stupidity. And so uh, sometimes we lack wisdom and we suffer as a direct result. You see, the book of Ecclesiastes 3 verse 7 says, there's a time to speak up, but there's also a time to shut up. Amen? And um, maybe, uh, Joanna, could you read uh, uh, James chapter 1 and verse 5? And I think this is very, um, very relevant. I I'm just laying out the, the groundwork, and then we're just going to get into a kind of a conversation as we, as we go along. James 1 verse 5. And we, we actually read this last week as well, and it's a really good scripture. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, if we would learn to be wise, success will be inevitable. And, um, uh, you know, Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed through lack of knowledge. So many times I talk to people, particularly in the realm of marriage, but it, it, it applies to every aspect of life. If you don't have wisdom, you will suffer. And my people are destroyed through lack of knowledge. And, and so many times people are blaming God for things that God had no hand, act, or part in. Okay? And so people go bankrupt, alienate friends or family, lose jobs or marriages, or end up in jail, or even die before their time, all due to lack of wisdom. I mean, you could say the crash back in 08, a lot of that was due to lack of, of, of wisdom. Um, you know, the turmoil in the markets, the recession, uh, you know, because there's a principle, you don't loan money to people who have no prospect or possibility of ever paying it back. Um, you know, this thing where they were giving 40-year mortgages, etc. people with multiple credit cards. I mean, how did Ireland end up being run by the IMF 12 years ago? Ultimately, you had people in power um, who had qualifications in economics, business, accountancy, law, political science. They had an abundance of master's degrees and letters after their name, but no wisdom. And again, that may be an overly simplistic view, um, uh, but that's what it boils down to. We were unwise and we paid the price. So Colossians chapter 2 and verse 2. If we could try and kill that echo, it would be great. Thank you. Uh, Colossians 2 and verse uh, 2 says, That their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding and to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And um, so, you know, there, there is wisdom and knowledge found in Christ, and it's found in his word. And, and certainly for me, um, 
I've been so tremendously blessed with my wife. She's a very wise woman. She uh, gives a lot of advice, and not always asked. Uh, I, I don't always ask for it, but she gives it, and, and I appreciate that, because I think it's so important in a marriage that, that both people are free to, to say what they think. And um, that really would be the first discussion point I want to deal with today, and that is wisdom to wait. Um, uh, Proverbs, uh, Psalm 27, 13. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. And so, you know, one of the areas we wait uh, is waiting for the right person. And, um, you know, I'm so glad that, that Joanna waited. Um, I had quite a few opportunities as a single man myself. But, um, I, you know, I, I waited for the right person. And um, by God's grace, he, he brought us together. And this, this August, we're 22 years married. And I think that's... 23. You serious? <laughs> Seriously. Time flies when you're having fun. 23 years. Can you believe that? So, um, yeah, praise the Lord. But, but this is the truth. We all wait. I mean, it's, it's not a case that, that, that some people, we, we all wait. But the Bible says, they that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. I mean, have you ever waited for payday to arrive? Anybody been in place here, literally counting down the hours to when your wages come true? Uh, or maybe it's a special delivery or a visit by a loved one. You know, we all wait for something, but wisdom teaches us to wait on the Lord. And, um, you know, there's a saying, more haste, uh, 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 or sorry, less haste, more, more speed. And, you know, the, the truth is this, at times we rush ahead of God. Um, Joanna, would you mind reading Psalm 32, uh, verse 3 to 9? Psalm 32, verse 3 to 9. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. Tonight. Yeah. Tonight. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. And um, I, I guess <laughs> Joanna knows me quite well. Uh, we've known each other now for, I guess, I don't know how many years, a long time. Nearly 30 years. Nearly 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Praise the Lord. I've, I've loved her for 30 years. Yeah, from the moment I saw her. It was love at first sight. I know, and she's saying, yeah, Johnny, you've said that before. But, you know, one of the things, there's things about each other in marriage um, that you can't change, uh, that only God can change. And, um, you know, one of the things about me is that I have a tendency to be, uh, um, what was that word you used? Impulsive. Impulsive, yes. I have a tendency to be very impulsive. If I get an idea, I want to do it now. I don't want to do it later. I don't want to do it tomorrow. I don't want to do it next week. I want to do it now. Anybody like that? Please. Okay, thank you. What? Oh, yeah, we, 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 we ordered the bed and um, 
there's somebody in the church we know a very dear friend of ours and um, she said it's a six foot and I'm yeah 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 I mean I guess I should have gone and measured the bed um, anyway it took two months to get the mattress it arrived we bring it and I, Joanna was out you and myself we lifted onto the bed and it's like this much over on each side of the bed I'm like oh man I should have measured that bed you know um, but you know, part of wisdom is, is looking at the details. You know, women are very detailed. And, you know, I, I'll often say something to him, did you do that? Or did you think about that? And he's like, oh, I never thought about that. You know, but that's why you're, you know, you're good for each other. But wisdom, it, it doesn't get itself in a rush. Yeah. You know, it's like, then we decided we're going to sell the bed that we, you know, the, the bread we had before because it, it didn't fit the mattress. So we put it in done deal. And then the first person that rang said that they could come and get it in a week's time. He said, okay, Joanna, just hold it for that person. Just hold it for that person. But since then he had about six or seven calls about the bed. And he's like, and I said, but you told me to hold it to the, I can't, I've given my word now. I can't, I can't go back on my word that, you know, we've said we're going to give them the bed, but then there's a lot of other interested people. Maybe you would have given more, maybe you would have collected it sooner. But there's just something, sometimes when you get in a rush to do something, you can, you know, you don't always make the best decision. So, you know, so impulsivity is, is it's, it's okay to be impulsive at times, but you, I think it's being spirit led. Just asking the Lord, just say, Lord, is this, do you want me to do this right now? Or do you want me to wait? You know, and we don't want to wait. Naturally, our, our natural inclination, unless you're a very patient person, is you want things to, to get done and you want them to get done now. And that's why he's been working so hard in the house. And yesterday he just crashed. He was just so tired, you know, because, but you have to use wisdom. You have to use wisdom in taking care of your body. You know, not getting plenty of sleep, getting exercise, eating properly, you know, doing all the things that, you know, God wants you to take care of your body. Your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, sometimes we're asking God, oh, heal my body. But, you know, we're filling our body with junk or we're, we're not exercising it. So there's wisdom and application of wisdom is so important that you can't be asking God for things. And he's saying to you, look, just look after yourself, rest, sleep, exercise. It's, it's, it's pretty basic. So, you know, wisdom, wisdom to look after, to be good stewards of our body as well is, is so important because our bodies are just here on earth for a short season and then we, we go to be with the Lord. So I don't know, digressed a bit there. But. No, no, I think it's important that we learn to wait and uh, particularly for those. And, and listen, there's a balance to this because uh, some of us are impatient, but others of you are complete procrastinators, yeah. and you'll never—you're always putting things off and putting it off and putting it off. And so there's there's a balance somewhere in the middle. Um, but you know Isaiah 40, 30, 31, and it says, um, "Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength." Yeah. And so. If some of you here today, maybe you feel, whoa, maybe you feel like you're exhausted or you're, uh, you know, you're, you're very, very tired and, uh, you know, you're just weary. It, it may be an indication of the fact that you're not spending time with the Lord. Amen. Because it says it's they that wait will renew their strength. And so, like I said, maybe the reason why you, you, you are so tired is just that you haven't been taking the time to wait on the Lord. But it says, uh, but they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so to know someone, you have to spend time with them. And like I said, you know, John and myself, uh, uh, you know, for years I was firmly put into the friend zone. And, and uh, I was just praying, you know, that someday there would be a little chink of light that I could press through and she'd fall in love with me. 
And, um, you know, here we, here we are. So, uh, you, you know, persist. Uh, okay, okay, well, don't take that literally because, you know, some guy can just, there's a difference between persisting and pestering, okay? She liked being around me. She just didn't realize that uh, she was going to be married to me. And, um, but, but, you know, to know someone, you have to spend time with them. And no less with God. And this is part of the problem because we live in such a, a digitally distracted generation. Okay? Um, you know, we have knowledge that is a mile wide and an inch deep on everything. And this is, is the problem, like I said, is that, you know, everyone today seems to be in such a rush. Swipe left, swipe right. You know, that, that type of, no time to get to know the person. I mean, like I said, we dated for, uh, uh, you know, we used to go f- for, for dinners together and, you know, we, we used to go for walks and we used yeah, to talk no to each other. We had no phones. There was none of that uh, back then. I sound like an old guy. Um, <laughs> but uh, this is part of the problem today is people don't have time to get to know the person. Uh, you know, just another hookup. Uh, you know, uh, people have no time to wait, no time to read, no time to reflect or to think. You know, everything in our society has been distilled down to meaningless sound bites and and 15-second TikTok videos. Um, You know, and and you look at a lot of of the stuff online, it's an indication that we are a very stupid society and that, you know, intelligence isn't something that seems to be valued. And... um, Let me say this, truly profound thought takes time to express and to understand. And and that's why a lot of people no longer read books because their attention span has been so, you know, you know, beaten down uh, by watching, you know, stupid videos online, five second videos, 10 second videos. And so this is the thing, how much more with regard to the things of God, we must give God time. We must give His Word time. We must give His presence time by by, by praying. And so, like I said, I, my opinion: if a person doesn't make time for church, they're a fool. It doesn't matter how much money you can make or how many opportunities you can get. Ultimately, there's a principle: seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these things will be added to you. So, wisdom will teach you to wait, um, to wait before you speak. Um, you know. Uh, to wait before you commit. Like I said, that's been part of my problem is that I've, I've a tendency to, to jump in without ever thinking about what I'm doing. Um, you know, James 1, 19 and 20. Could you read it there, uh, Joanna, please? James 1, 19 and 20 warns us to look before we leap. Amen? Uh, so then, my bre- beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Amen. So we, that's a, actually, that's a scripture. When we're doing the premarital course, we, we use it a lot. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath, because it's easy to give your, your, your viewpoint, but how many of us actually listen carefully? Listen, it's yeah. like even with our children, there's so many times, you know, we don't listen really to what they're saying, there's so much going on, but listening is just as important as speaking. In fact, it's, it's probably even more important. And, and it, it, you know, it's, it's sad, but I'll be honest, as a husband, at times I think I tune out my wife and my kids, because, um, you know, as men, we're, we're good at doing one thing, 
you know, women are better at multitasking, and so it's not deliberate, but if you're doing something, a lot of times you're hearing, but you're not listening. And, and that can be with the, the wife as well. And that's why it says to be swift to hear. Our problem is we're the opposite. We're quick to speak. We're quick to give our opinion. We're quick to attack. We're quick to, you know, to, to, to push back rather than to actually hear what the other person has to say before we respond, before we react. And, you know, I believe that's the key to a happy home is learning to give the other person that that free space or that safe space to be able to say what they think without lashing out or without responding or without trying to finish their sentence. Yeah, just, just something that I felt very strongly when I was preparing this, even though I don't have my notes, but um, is, is that scripture talks about let your yes be yes and your no be no. How many times have we been cornered into doing something that we really didn't want to do just purely because we were under pressure because we felt like we had to please the person but really we didn't have the time we didn't really have the the, the feeling that we we're supposed to do it and you know the, keeping our word is so important keeping our word to you know our husbands our wives our children our friends our our family members is so important and it talks about in Matthew 5 verse 33 it says again you have heard that it was said to those of old you shall not swear falsely but you shall perform your oaths to the Lord but I say to you do not swear at all neither by heaven for it is God's throne nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no, for whatever is, is more than these is from the evil one. And so, you know, even in ministry, there's times where we've said yes to people when really we wanted to say no, and it was purely intimidation, purely because we just felt like we didn't want to let the person down. But what it, what it did was, it wasn't necessarily what God wanted. You know, we spent, invested that time, and, and sometimes the time was wasted because the person was just wasting your time, if you, you know what I mean. So, so I think it's important, you know, we, we have to be people of our word. We have to be careful. The words that we speak as well, the words that we speak, speak out of our mouths are so important. You know, we need to make an inventory of, of the words that we're speaking. Are we speaking words of life? Are we speaking words of peace? Or are we speaking words of fear, negativity, doubt, judgmentalism, criticism? It, it's so important that we listen to what's coming out of our mouth because ultimately what you what you speak is what you're going to act out. And it talks about um, in James, I'll just quickly go there and I'll, I'll give the, the mic back to you there. Um, James 3 verse 13. James is actually a really good book when it comes to the, the wisdom of God. But it says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Good conduct is behavior, it's the way you act. There's a wisdom in the way that we act. There's a wisdom, can I say to you, you know, that people, Christians posting on Facebook that themselves with a Guinness beside them, or they're in a nightclub, or they're in a, in, a, in a pub, or whatever, I just don't think that's wisdom. You know, the world is watching us, it's looking at us, and we have to be different. Jesus said to be the salt of the earth, to be the light of the world, but if the salt loses its flavor, it's no use. Anyone have a, ever eat something that's lacking saltiness and it's just no flavor? You don't want to eat it. And it's the same with us as Christians. If we're not w wise in our actions, we lose our flavor and we lose our ability to impact the world around us. God has called us to be different. That's what sanctification is. It's being set apart. And it's not a holier than thou thing. You know, you can, you can relate to people, but you don't have to be up, up, up here on the, on the cloud. But you know, part of it is, is, is displaying Jesus. You know, 
acting like Jesus, not being a stumbling block to other people. Because even my kids, when they'll see people and they see people with drinks yeah. and they'll say, well, why is that person drinking? You know, they're, they're supposed to be a Christian. And, you know, I, I know there's people here, maybe, okay, I, I like a glass of wine. But what, what I'm, I, I personally don't drink. Neither of us have drunk since we got saved. Because I really feel that drink is a stumbling block. What happens when you're on a lockdown? This is maybe a contentious thing now, and maybe some of you are going, oh, I can't believe she's saying this. But during the lockdown, a lot of people that maybe had that one little glass of wine became alcoholics. I personally know, I know people that have started drinking much more heavily since they were in a lockdown because purely they, they, they couldn't cope. And if, you're, if your trust isn't in God, it's going to be in something else. It's going to be drugs or it's going to be alcohol. It's going to be in pornography. It's going to be in sex. It's going to be in other things. And you know, the Bible tells us not to give a foothold to the enemy. Yeah. And the one of the key areas, and I've seen it over the years, people who start drinking and just say, oh, it's just one. That one leads to another one. And that one leads to another one and another one, another one. And then they've slept with a the girl. They've got a girl pregnant. This is what the devil wants. He wants to take you down on a road. He's not a, God, he's not a devil of moderation. He wants you to go the full haul. He wants to bring you to the extremes. So I would just say to you, use wisdom. If, don't be hanging around with people that always want to go to the pub. Don't be hanging around with people who want to go to the club. You know, make sure you're, you're hanging around people that will bring you further in your relationship with God, who will inspire you, who will encourage you. Have somebody above you that can mentor you and that can speak into your life. Have somebody beneath you that you can be inputting into. But you can't input into somebody if you're alive is not is not a light and I'm not saying this to be judgmental but I just think there's a wisdom in how we act the days that we're living in the, the, you know the, the time is short the enemy is out there to kill to keep, steal and destroy and we can't give afford to give him even an inch or he will take a mile yeah and amen. And, uh, you know, what, what, just to add to that is, this is the thing, what you do in moderation today, you may do in excess tomorrow, depending on the circumstances. Yeah. Let me say, during the lockdown, um, the pressure was very, very intense for us as pastors, because we had hundreds of people contacting us, looking for leadership, looking for help. It was, I appreciate it was intense for everybody, but we were trying to navigate, you know, uh, these, these choppy waters and... and so many times of saying, Lord, please show me what to do. But I often remarked to myself, if I, were, if I was drinking, I would have hit the bottle hard during that season. Yeah. That's just being honest as a pastor. Yeah. I stopped drinking in 1991 because I got saved and I realized there was an open door. The Bible says neither give the devil a foothold. And, but I know the pressure I was under at times, if, if I had been drinking in moderation, I would have turned to drinking in excess. Okay, and that's why, again, I'm not, we're not trying to say it's a sin that will send you to hell. You know, drinking, it, but it may, it may bring hell into your life, all right? It may bring hell into your home. And there's all sorts of men and women who have done things they would never have done if they had been sober. And, and so, again, this isn't about being hyper-religious or super spiritual. This is about just being, let's be honest. Alcohol is a major problem in Ireland, and it has been for so long. It's an iniquity in this nation. 
Different nations have particular iniquities, but this is an iniquity in this nation. And yes, you may be able to do it in moderation, but you know what? Your example may cause somebody else to say, you know what, it's okay for me. And they end up getting into a complete mess because of the fact that they looked up to you or they took example from you. And it's, it's very difficult for me as a pastor to tell my children not to drink when there's people that they love and respect in the church that are and are posting that online. So again, let's, let's come down to, to wisdom. We don't have to post every aspect of our lives online. Fact is, nobody's in, interested in what you had for breakfast. I mean, yeah, you, nobody's interested. Okay, let me speak. I'm not interested, okay? I'm just saying, you know, we're obsessed to take, just eat the food. If it's a night, enjoy the moment. You know, we're so fixated. Now, I mean, like I said, you look at, a, you know, a band playing or something like that, some famous band, there's hundreds of people with their phones or thousands, and they're missing the moment. They're so focused on trying to record it. And, you know, I'm just saying, as, as a generation, we need to come back to living in the moment, to being with the people who are right there with you, as opposed to constantly broadcasting every aspect of our lives to the world. Okay, so um, Daniel 2 and verse 19, and we're going to move on from waiting on the Lord. I know we've taken a bit of time on that, but that's okay. Um, Daniel 2 and 19, essentially the king was going to kill all the wise men because they couldn't interpret the dream. He wasn't uh, going to tell them what the dream was. And Daniel answered, then the secret, verse 19, was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. Never forget that even though you don't have the answer, God does. And if you'll just simply take the time to wait in his presence, he will show you how to get out of the mess that you're in. Okay? And so uh, it, it says, blessed, blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those of understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You've given me wisdom and might and have made known to me what we, what we have asked of you. For you've made known to us the king's demand. You know what Daniel did, which was exceptional? It wasn't exceptional that he asked God, because we all ask God. But what was exceptional about him is he came to thank God. And he acknowledged God. Just like Jesus said, where are the other nine? Ten were healed, one came back to thank him. Let's not forget, you know what? Some of us are living in homes that God has blessed us with. Some of us are working in jobs or driving in cars or married to a spouse who was once only a wild dream in our hearts and yet God caused it come to pass. Never forget what God has done. Yes, there's more giants to, to be conquered. There's more mountains to be climbed. There's more breakthroughs to be had. But let's not forget what God has done for us. Come here, baby. <laughs> Love you. Um, could we just turn, uh, I just want to turn there to Galatians 5.22. I know like we're, we're kind of doing different sermons to a certain degree, but they're kind of overlapping. But um, just talking about what I was just mentioning earlier, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control is such a big thing, you know, in, in our lives. We need self-control in so many areas, you know, with our... You know, sometimes in our temper or our diet. our diet, our habits, 
you know, with, with, our, with our kids, parenting, emotions, so many different things. But just, just think about this. The fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is there in seed form. And when you get saved, and that seed is planted there for you to, for it to grow. It's to be cultivated. It's to be developed. But the only way it's developed is by putting it into practice. And that's what wisdom is. Wisdom is the application of knowledge, of what you know. You know you have the fruit of the spirit of, of self-control. But putting it into practice is, 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 is the important thing. There's no point in saying, I have a spirit of self-control, and then I just stuff myself with a big cake. You know, we have to display the fruits of the spirit. But it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit can we do what we, what we desire to do. I mean, how many of us naturally just want to get up at 6 a.m. and just pray and put on worship and read our Bible? How many in the room? Okay, we have one person. Okay, we have a few. That's good. Yeah, but our, our flesh... Our flesh doesn't want to do these things. We have to put down our flesh. And part of wisdom is, is yielding to the Holy Spirit. If we live a life that's yielded to the Holy Spirit, that, you know, that we're obedient to the Holy Spirit, it's going to be a successful life. Amen. But the problem is when we get into the flesh and we just go with our carnal desires, that's where we fall flat on our face. And that's not wisdom. We, la we learned last week there's two types of wisdom you can tap into. There's the, the divine wisdom, the godly wisdom, but there's also the, the earthly wisdom, which is carnality, which is sensuality, and all those things. So if we just remember that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living on the inside of us, and that spirit is a spirit of love and joy and peace, all those different fruits. And remember, just, just activate them. It's a choice to activate the fruits in our life. It's a choice to walk in self-control. It's a choice not to say what you want to say to somebody who's being really unkind to you. Just display love instead. And how many times have we given the, been given the opportunity when we're driving a car and somebody beeps or puts their finger up at you because you did something slightly wrong and you just want to do the same thing back? But what kind of witness is that? It's all about witness. Jesus wants us to be lights. Every one of us, I think if we could see in the spirit realm, what we would see would be a light on the inside of us. That's, that's our spirit. You know, and, and in a world that's darker, that light needs to be shining brightly. But it takes every single person, every one of us here. We can't do it alone. We are here to encourage one another. We're a body. But we've got to let our light shine so that people will come to Jesus. So wisdom is is the application of knowing what who you are in Christ, what's Amen. on the inside of you. The greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Speaking the right words, thinking the right thoughts, doing the right thing. And we can't do it on our own. We can't do it in our own human flesh. We can only do it by do, being dependent on the, on the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's why Paul said, I can do all things through Christ yeah. who gives me strength. And, and you know, we're not minimizing what you might be going through. No. But sometimes you have to be the bigger person. Whether it's your boss or somebody awkward at work or, you know, maybe a, a difficult family situation. But you know what? You can do it. Uh, and, and this is why waiting on the Lord is so important is as we wait on him, we start to become like him. Because you become like the one with whom you spend time. That's, that, that's why, you know, the, the, the next point I want to deal with is wisdom to work. Um, Proverbs chapter 31. We're not going to go there for the sake of time. But it's the story of the Proverbs 31 woman and... Uh, you know, the one thing you can, you, you can really, uh, when you look at this woman, she, she's an amazing lady. I, I'm sure some, some of you ladies might read that chapter and feel very inadequate. Um, uh, but you know, verse 10, who can find a virtuous wife? Her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safety trusts her and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. 
She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. And the rest of that chapter describes about how she works. And so you can describe the, the, the Proverbs 31 woman with really four words, and that is love, faith, devotion, and work. One of the characteristics of this lady is she works. She rises early. She's up late. She's ministering to her husband, to her children, to, to those who are needy in society. It, you know, she, um, it says she girds herself with strength and, and strengthens her arms. And um, so she's, uh, she's an entrepreneur. She's, uh, she, she extends her hands to the poor, verse 20. Um, so again, it, you know, she's a hard worker. And... Um, and uh, Again, I'm reminded of the quote by the uh, American inventor Thomas Edison. Um, uh, what was the quote? The answer to hard work is hard luck. No, that's completely wrong. The answer to hard luck is hard work. And, and again, he said this. He said, many people miss opportunity in life simply because it turns up dressed in overalls and looks like work. And, and you know what, we moved into a lovely house, but you know what, we've been working night and day trying to get this house uh, assorted. Um, you know, ministering here in the church, it's been such a dream come true. We've been doing it since 2007, but I'll tell you something, it's been work. And, and we did it for many years, like I said, with five little kids. You know, we would drive home on a Sunday night with two services. Uh, one by one, I would lift all of my children up into bed. They'd be all asleep by that time when we get, get home. You know, we'd leave at 8 o'clock in the morning. We wouldn't be home till maybe, you know, 10 o'clock at night. But it's been wonderful. We've led many people to Christ. We've seen many lives changed. But it's been work. Yeah. The Bible talks about the work of the ministry. Yeah. And so, um, again, the U.S. President Thomas Jefferson and the founding father of the states, um, one of the founding fathers said this, I find that the harder I work, the more luck I seem to have. <laughs> and I think that's, that's really interesting. So it's not luck at all. It's actually hard work. Uh, you know, the great Italian sculptor, painter, architect, and poet, um, Michelangelo said, if people knew how hard I had to work to gain my mastery, it would not seem so wonderful at all. And so this man, in spite of his accomplishment, had the humility to acknowledge, I work hard at what I do. And thousands of years later, we're still, you know, or at least hundreds of years later, we still, you know, uh, have value and attach great value to what he did. And you know, one of the things Michelangelo did was he surrounded himself with intellectuals and poets and people who are accomplished. He didn't surround himself with people who are going nowhere. Amen. And this is, some of you, this is your problem. You know, uh, it, it's like the saying, it's hard to soar like an eagle when you're surrounded by turkeys. And, um, <laughs> and so you have to surround yourself. I'm not talking about, with, you know, with pretentious people. Um, you know, there's a lot of pseudo-intellectuals. I'm talking about surrounding yourself with people of, of integrity, yes. people of honor, yes. people who fear God. You know, the Bible says, uh, him who fears the Lord, he shall be my, my companion. Amen. And so certainly for myself, you know, my, th th this woman and, and, and her mother have been two of the greatest influences on my life over the last 30 years because they're God-fearing women who love God and, and serve God. Where's Jill this morning? Oh, there you are, Jill. Praise the Lord. Bless you. It's my mother-in-law. Thank you for that one clap. Amen. So come on. Week in, week out, Jill is, is teaching people in Bible school and, and training up 
um, because you know Jesus didn't say make converts, he said make disciples. That's why again, if you haven't been to Bible school, I'd encourage you, it's free, it'll cost you nothing, it's on Zoom so you can work it around your schedule, but it'll bless your life, yes. amen? Amen, and, and don't be one of those super spiritual Christians, you know, that just believing, you're leaving for the job just to fall on your lap and you haven't gone out with your CV and you're just praying yeah. and you have, to, you have to back up your actions, you have to get your CV out. And I remember when I first uh, was in the church I was in, and, and I think, you know, Linda will remember this, we used to go out with the, the, the teens or young adults and they had this, this sort of mentality where, you know, it was whatever, you know, being led by the Lord, whatever the Lord says, do. And, and we go out for a meal and, and genuinely at the end of the meal they, they say, so who feels led to pay for the meal? Who, who's going to, I'm going, who feels led? I'm going to pay for my piece. And, you know, and, and it was just, it was just too much. I, but, I felt led to have a steak, but I feel led to pay for a starter. <laughs> Sorry, no, was no, that. Just, just wanted to say that. Put that out there. Work is important. Work is important. Work is important. Uh, and what was it your, that thing you said about the the fingernails, the man's fingernails? They should, or their hands should be, they shouldn't oh, be really spotlessly clean. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, uh, we, we watched a really funny movie during the week. It was it was about this Irish uh, lady. You need to watch it. It was on Amazon Prime. It's called um, Old Mountain Time. It's Time, T H Y M. T H Y M. It's brilliant. It was very funny, like yeah, you know, but really it was this Irish farmer, and he was very awkward, and so he was really struggling to kind of, you know, propose to this lady. But you know, it was just very funny because one of the things she said was that you know that he said, "But I stink, and you're so so nice." He said, "You're meant to stink. You're a man. You know, I'm a woman. I'm meant to smell nice." And um, but it, it's interesting, a number of years ago, we had a young, young lady in our, in our church, and um, we, we, we're still friends with her, but, you know, unfortunately, she, she, uh, she went through a very difficult time with, with her marriage, and, and, and it, you know, it, it broke up, and, and, you know, I think a lot of it was down to the fact that, you know, he, this person was like a perpetual student, you know, he was just constantly doing one course after another, never kind of getting a job and just getting out there and doing the practical things of bringing home the bacon. Yeah. And so she was working, she was working night and day to, to, to do this and, and unfortunately it fell apart. But you know, one of the things she said to me, she said, you know, if I ever get married again, she said, I'm, the first thing I'm going to do is look at his hands. And if his hands aren't rough, I'm not going to marry him, she said. I want, she said, I want to marry a worker, not a talker. Okay. So, 1 Corinthians 8 and 1 says this, Now about food sacrificed to idols, we know that we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. You know, the Weymouth Bible says this, Now, as to things which have been sacrificed to idols, this is a subject which we already understand. We have knowledge of it. Knowledge, however, tends to make people conceited. Yeah. It is love that builds us up. And so, you could say that wisdom is simply applied knowledge. And this is why I would make a clear distinction between intelligence and wisdom. Because again, you can have a PhD and go to hell. Yeah. Okay? You can be a member of Mensa and fail utterly in life. Because wealth um, or intelligence um, or qualifications are no substitute for wisdom. You know, be that, like I said, a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of uh, ability, or a wealth of resources. So 
you know, knowledge will not benefit you if it's not applied. And if it's not applied, um, you know, if it's not being applied, then uh, it, it won't work. And so here's the tension between waiting and working, and there is a tension between both. Like I said, some people are great at waiting on God, but they're not very good at working. Because to every miracle, there's God's part, there's our part. Other people are like Martha. They're workers, but they're not like Mary. They won't wait, okay? And so you have to do both. Um, Pray for a job, yes, but send a CV. Pray for a house, but get a job. Pray for a wife, but get a job. Um, (laughs) You can succeed, but you will have to work to get there. And let me say, it's arrogance on our part to have this sense of entitlement and assume that we can succeed without work, okay? So if we fail at something, uh, don't complain to God and blame God. Oh God, why didn't you? Look at yourself and say, maybe I should have worked a little harder to, to, to do this because the truth is there aren't any shortcuts to success any more than there are any shortcuts to anywhere worth going. Every route that you take will require work on your part. And you know, Thomas Edison, you know, he was asked the definition of genius and he answered, 2% is genius and 98% is hard work. This is the man who, who invented the light bulb and, and perfected it, so to speak, you know? And, and so there, there is, I think there's an example for us. And, and so sometimes, you know, believers experience pain or setbacks or failures in their life and yet they never take time to acknowledge that maybe they played a part don't yeah. be a person who, who plays the blame game. John and myself, we do a lot of pre-marriage counseling, a lot of post-marriage counseling as well. But, you know, when I look at somebody who's playing the blame game, I know that it really doesn't matter what I say to them. It doesn't matter how much time we give to them. It's always going to end up in the same place where they're this contentious, fractious, you know, unhappy home. Because as long as you take the attitude, the other person is the problem, yeah. it, it, this, the, the, you're never going to find the solution. And um, so, you know, marriage takes work. It takes work to build a business or a marriage or a family or a ministry. And, you know, anyone blessed with a little baby, I see Ed there, come on, give us a wave. Ed's got a beautiful little baby, little baby Esther. Esther. And, um, uh, but you know what? Anyone who has a baby knows that while it's wonderful, it's work. And, And that's why I'd encourage you, get married young, have babies young. You don't want to be doing that in your, in your 50s or 60s. It'll kill you. Um, because getting up at 12 a.m. or 2 a.m. in the morning to heat a bottle or to breastfeed or to change a nappy, it's work. You know, as, you know cleaning, cleaning, like I said, cleaning the house constantly or walking on being, Lego. And- being on a team in the church is work. Hands up is on a team. It's, it's, it's work. But you know, the, the wonderful thing is that you're not doing it for an employer who's just going to give you some money. You're doing it for God and you're Amen. doing it for your eternity. What you do here on this earth, it's going to echo in eternity. It's, it, that's part of your reward. And so it doesn't matter if you have to be in at eight o'clock. Just remember, if you're doing it for God and you keep your heart right, you will be blessed. You will be promoted. You will, you will, you will just go places. I, I see the people who just sit there and they don't get involved. It's, it's a world of a difference from the people who, who come into church and serve. They, they form friendships, 
they, you know, they, they get the pleasure of being able to work with people, increasing their knowledge of, of a certain area, just learning how to, what ministry is about. I mean, we couldn't have done anything that we did in the church if we hadn't learned it from our previous church. We were involved in nearly every aspect of ministry. Anything that there was, we did it. And so when we came to starting the church, we knew what to do because we had served. And so serving is wisdom. Yeah. And we didn't serve with the intent of, no. of starting a church. That wasn't serve our plan out of your at all. Love for we God. just loved God and we wanted to help. And I was, uh, one of my ministries in the early days when I was first saved was carrying chairs. After the service, they would put the chairs away to make room. They had a Christian school there. And I used to carry a stack, and I have a bad shoulder to this day. I used to carry 10 or 12 chairs and walk past Joanna, you know. <laughs> you know? I used to say nothing, but you know, I, I, was, just, I was, trying to impress, was trying to impress her. <laughs> but anyway, the things we do. Um, another one I want to talk about was wisdom to pray. Now, waiting on God is one thing, but you know what? Jeremiah 33 and, and verse 3, they say that's God's phone number, 333. Call on me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Um, it's so important that we pray that we ask God, like I said, too many times we're asking God to bail us out of a mess we've got in, which we would have never got into in the first place if we had simply asked God. I remember it was my 30th birthday. That's 18 years ago, it's hard to imagine. It was my 30th birthday, we were down. I was just after getting a new company car. Um, I, I was just on the road with, with uh, my, my employer, AXA Insurance, and um, <laughs> I, I had this dumb idea that we would go to Inch Beach to celebrate my birthday. We were, I, I don't know why, you can drive onto the beach. Now most people drive onto the beach and, and park up, you know, kind of 100 meters from the road. I decided I was going to drive about half a mile down the beach to the other end. And, and then to celebrate my 30th birthday, I decided, you know what, I'm going to pull a handbrake turn. And I pulled a handbrake turn. <laughs> And, and you know what? The sand was soft and the car just sat down into the sills. And I was always, Jesus. I opened the door and the sand was right up to the bottom of the car. The wheels were all sunk in this wet sand. I was in a serious doo-doo. This wasn't my car. Fact is, I only had it about a week. And I don't know why I did something so dumb. But uh, hands up, anybody's ever done a dumb thing? A third of you, okay. Some of you didn't put your hand up. Because they've done more than most. <laughs> okay. So I'm there, and Joanna, I told you not to do that. I, I said you shouldn't have done that. I said, Joanna, it's my birthday. I just wanted to do something silly, you know, just. Well, anyway, I'm sitting there, and I'm, the car will not move. The, the wheels are spinning. It's sitting in the, in, the, in the sand. I know this. What goes out comes in. Inch is famous for people driving out, the car getting stuck, and the boat floating away off to America. And. <laughs> You know, the last thing I wanted to do was, was the company car, ring the boss and tell him, um, you, <laughs> you know, I'm meant to be looking at crash cars, I'm not meant to be destroying them. So, um, so I'm sitting there, I'm praying. I, I, I started to pray. Oh, Jesus, I started to pray. I said, Jesus, please help me to do this now, and I'll never do a stupid thing again. Hands up, who, <laughs> hands up who's ever done that before? Bail me out one more time, Jesus. Just, just this one time, and I promise, I'll never do a stupid thing as long as I live. You know, and that usually works for about two weeks, and then you're back to doing, Jesus, I know we had this conversation recently, but, and so I'm praying. Next to the, who comes along? The Kerry team. The Kerry team come running along. Yeah, yeah, you better We call them the Kerry team. There's only one, there's only one kind of football in Kerry, all right? You use your hands. So, 
the Kerry team come along, all these guys, I, I know a lot of you have only seen football on, on, on TV, but like, if you're around these guys, I used to go to the same gym, I used to be up to their shoulders, and these big guys, they make you feel very inadequate, they're like big, strong, burly, you know, throwing sheep around the place during the week or whatever they do, <laughs> running around the mountains, I don't know, but, um, <laughs> and so, this, this group of about 20 guys, and they see this big skid mark. It wasn't 20, by the way, just exaggerate. Okay, how many was it? Was it there was at least seven or eight of them. <laughs> oh yeah, you trying to wreck my story now, yeah? I think there was like about maybe five. Okay, there was five or six of them. <laughs> it's 20 years ago. Anyway, they come along, and they have a smile on their face. I said, uh, I didn't even have to ask them. I said, yeah. they, they just looked at me and said, you know, it was a deregistered, these dumb Dublin people come down here. I, I was too ashamed to say I was from Kerry. And, and so these guys, big strong guys come along and they just push the car, bang, it's out. I tell you, I felt the anointing of God. I just said, bless you guys. I drove off, I got off that beach as quick as I could. Because I tell you something, God was gracious to me in yes, that moment. Pray, pray. Pray, just ask God, and he will get you out of the mess you're in. Amen? Better to pray before, though, not to get into the situation. Yeah, yeah you know, I mean, it's like, the, it's like the plane over the Atlantic, you know, the jet plane, halfway over the Atlantic, three, the, the, the engines go on fire, and, and the plane is starting to lose altitude. The, the pilot says, if this, if, if, if this, you know, if this engine fails, we're going to crash into the water. I don't know if we're going to make it. And, and people are screaming and, and crying, and somebody says, we need to do something religious. A preacher stands up and he says, I want to take up an offering. I want you to turn to Malachi 4 or 6. <laughs> But you know, it's funny because I remember one time we were going to Kerry and um, it was my first time going down, right, with Joanna. I'd, I'd liked her for years. I'd, um, my dad, they had a big business in Kerry, they were selling cars and trucks and um, every year they had a thing called the Opal Ball. And it was, you know, for Castle Island, this was snazzy. Everybody got dressed up and it was in the local hotel and every year I ended up going on my own. Yeah, there was girls I could have asked, but I'd eyes for only one girl, that was Joanna, and she resolutely said no every time. And so, and so when, she, when it finally came to the point, I tell you, the first year I brought her to the Opal Ball, man, I felt like <sighs> king of the castle, man. I walked in there, kind of looking at every, there was hundreds of people. At this, the, the, every, every year they used to have this guy, the man with the golden trumpet. He used to play the trumpet. He used to come over to your table because, you know, my, my dad was at the head table. He'd come over to the table, he'd play the trumpet there. And, you know, I, I was a big deal in Kerry, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I came to Dublin and nobody cares. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, nobody cares. So I remember walking in with this beautiful vision of beauty, looking around to all the guys, saying to myself, now, you see? You see, this is, this is proof I'm not gay, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's what they all thought. This, uh, but anyway. <laughs> What's the point? What's the point? <laughs> You're always saying that to me, darling, you know? But the point, I, I, I can't remember, what was I talking about? <laughs> Oh yeah, we're the plane. Thank you. 
yeah, we were on the, 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 so anyway, my family said, so when it finally, after all these years, Joanna, because this, my family had been hearing about her for 10 years, I've been talking about Joanna, so when we finally started dating, they said, don't bring her down on the train, and don't drive her down, bring her down in style, they wanted to impress her, so they said, bring her down on the plane, so there's a, a you know, a plane flies down to Farn 4 in Kerry, <laughs> unfortunately, it's a little plane, it's a little plane with propellers, you know, and um, so we, we uh, unfortunately picked one of the worst storms in years. So we're on this plane, it's being thrown around the place. People are getting sick. I mean, we, fact, we thought the plane wasn't gonna take off first because it was out there, it was tied down by ropes. And I remember the wings just like, you know, and um, so we get on the plane, it, it takes off like, and man, the plane's been thrown around the place. People are getting sick. People are crying. There was girls crying. There was girl, two girls behind me. They started saying the, the, the Angelus. They started praying Hail Marys. I'm telling you. You know, they were like, Hail Jesus. So I'm so sorry, Jesus. Please let us get through this. And I promise I'll never do that again. People were literally crying out to God. And uh, so, so by God's grace, the, 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 the plane landed. And um, my family were all there, and uh, they, they all had these big welcome signs in the airport. Welcome, Joanna, this little airport. Like, and, yeah. and there was this cavalcade of cars. There was yeah. about seven cars. They'd all followed each other to the airport, and they yeah. all left the air. It was like a my kind dad of a brought all new cars out of the garage. <laughs> we wanted to impress this girl. You know, <laughs> I didn't have a penny to my name, but it looked good. Have you ever done that? Yeah, you, you, fake it till you make it. Amen. So. So the, the point, I don't know what the point, the point was you pray, pray when it's tough. And, and so God gets you, God gets you through. Yeah, so so the, the moral of the story is, is don't pray when your plane is sinking or your boat is sinking or pray your, your, you your car plane. is sinking in the sand. Yeah. You should, you need to Wisdom. pray.